We began last week to look at the six woes that are mentioned here in Isaiah chapter number 5. And we entitled the first woe in verses 8, 9, and 10, The Root of All Evil, because we're dealing with greed in verses 8, 9, and 10. And we looked here, we looked a little bit at 1 Timothy chapter 6 as well. But tonight we want to see the second woe that begins in verse number 11. And so let's read here tonight beginning in verse 11. The Bible says, Woe unto them that rise up early in the morning, that they may follow strong drink, that continue until night, till wine inflame them. The harp and the viol and the tabret and pipe and wine are in their feast, but they regard not the work of the Lord, neither consider the operation of His hands. Therefore, my people are gone into captivity. Remember last week, He gives the woe, He gives the the characteristics of what has caused the woe, and then He begins to show the consequences, what the woe is, what has brought about the sorrow and despair. And He says in verse 13, Therefore, because of what we've just read in verse 11 and 12, Therefore, my people are gone into captivity. Now, they haven't gone yet, but the idea is they're they're there. They're close. Israel's going to go into captivity to Assyria. Judah's going to go into captivity to Babylon. He said, therefore, my people are gone into captivity. And by the way, we could say, if we're talking about present tense, as he's talking here, uh, that is what alcohol does. It does take you into captivity. Whether we're speaking about the captivity of Babylon or not, uh, alcohol takes you into captivity. And we'll, we'll see that tonight. Therefore my people are gone into captivity because they have no knowledge, and their honorable men are famished, and their multitude dried up with thirst. Therefore hell hath enlarged herself... And open her mouth again, speaking of, he continues in verse 14, continues the thought of captivity and what's going to happen when they are taken captive, what's going to happen when uh, the Babylonians come and they ransack Jerusalem. Uh, There are going to be scores that are going to be killed. And the Bible says, Therefore hell hath enlarged herself and opened her mouth without measure, and their glory and their multitude and their pomp, and he that rejoiceth shall descend into it. Notice that again. Their glory and their multitude and their pomp. And he that rejoiceth, rejoiceth in their sin, rejoiceth in their drunkenness, they're going to descend into it. By the way, in the book of Lamentations, and we know what Lamentations is, is it is a lamenting, of Jerusalem and what has happened to Jerusalem when, uh, when the Babylonians came and ruined and ransacked Jerusalem. And you'll find in Lamentations a number of questions that are asked, but one of the questions is, how has the gold dimmed? This beautiful city, this wonderful city of God has been turned into nothing. And he says here in verse 14, Therefore hell hath enlarged herself and opened her mouth without measure and their glory and their multitude and their pomp. And he that rejoiceth shall descend into it. 
And the mean man shall be brought down, and the mighty man shall be humbled, and the eyes of the lofty shall be humbled. But the Lord of hosts shall be exalted in judgment. And God that is holy shall be sanctified in righteousness. And so tonight I want to speak to us on this subject or this question. Who hath woe? Who hath woe? Father, please help us tonight. Father, much of what we'll say tonight is going to be really nothing new. I think we all in this room tonight, we know that drunkenness is bad, it's wicked, it leads to many hurtful consequences, regrets, heartaches. But Lord, I pray that you just remind us of that tonight. I pray that again, we would allow your word to speak. And Father, maybe tonight, maybe someone in here tonight has a family member that struggles with this. Father, I pray that we would be able to take what we learned tonight. Maybe someone has a co-worker that struggles with this. We'll be able to take what we learned tonight and to be a help to family members and to friends and to co-workers. And so teach us from your word tonight and we'll surely give you the thanks and praise for it. Father, again, we ask that you'd help our children. Father, that you'd help our teenagers tonight, help all of our workers. We're so grateful for them. Pray that you'd give them a blessing for their efforts and their hard work tonight. And we'll just thank you for what you'll do in these next few moments. Father, we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Let me, let me give you three thoughts tonight. We'll develop these a little bit from Isaiah 5. And we're going to look at a couple other passages as well. But I want us to see first of all tonight, I want us to see the clarity of the declaration. There's no ambiguity in the declaration. By the way, there's no ambiguity in, the in all of the declarations that are mentioned in Isaiah chapter 5. But I want us to see the clarity of the declaration. In verse number 11, he says, Woe, sorrow, despair, woe unto them. That rise up early in the morning. By the way, th there's no ambiguity about what's going to come. And there's no ambiguity about who it's going to come to. Right? There's no ambiguity, very clear, about who this woe is going to come to in verse 11. Who is the woe going to come to? It is going to come to the individual that rises up early in the morning. L let me ask us this morning. Or this, this morning. Let me ask us tonight. Why do most of us rise up early in the morning? It is to get our day started. It is to get ourselves prepared for the day. It is to get up and go to work. It is to get up and spend time with the Lord before we go to work. Uh, many, we, we can mention many different activities that we do when we arise early in the morning. The Bible says that the drunkard rises early in the morning to drink. And he starts in the morning and he does it all day. The Bible says he rises up early in the morning that they may follow strong drink. We would think of liquor. That might be the word that we would use today when we think of strong drink. But he says to follow strong drink that continue until night, till wine inflame them. 
stokes up whatever sinful passions within them. That which causes them to lose all inhibitions. He says, until wine... So by the way, he's not just talking about strong drink. He mentions wine as well. Until wine inflame them. So first of all, the clarity of the declaration. The, the clarity of the woe, the clarity of who that woe is coming to. The clarity of the declaration. Number one, it is a declaration of woe. It is a declaration of woe. Look, if you will, I want to look at just a few passages if we could tonight. Look at Isaiah chapter number 28 with me if you would. It is a declaration of woe. Isaiah chapter number 28. We already read Isaiah 5 and verse number 11. Isaiah chapter number 28 and verse number 1. The Bible says, Woe to the crown of pride, to the drunkards of Ephraim, whose glorious beauty is a what? A fading flower. I was talking to someone Sunday about the word pictures that God uses. There, there, you, there is no comparison to the word pictures that God uses. And God uses this word picture here. We can all think of a fading flower. We can think of maybe flowers that we plant in the summer and the heat of the summer comes and hits those flowers. Maybe uh, many times at our home on the back patio, out around the back patio last Last Mother's Day, the, the kids did a, a flower bed around the whole back patio. Uh, they did it for Beverly. And that back patio gets the afternoon sun. And so in the afternoon, that sun will come and it'll hit some of those flowers. And Now, it doesn't kill them. They'll come back during the night or in the morning. But in that afternoon, the flowers fade and they wilt and, and they do look dead. And the Bible says here... The, because of the drunkards of Ephraim, because of the crown of pride, these people, God's people, Ephraim, Israel, whose glorious beauty is a fading flower, which are the head of the fat valleys of them that are overcome with wine. What's the very first word in verse number one? Woe. Okay, let's go a little bit further. Let's go to the book of Habakkuk. The book of Habakkuk. We saw these woes back. It's been, it's been a couple years now since we went through the book of Habakkuk. But there are several woes in Habakkuk chapter number 2, just like Isaiah chapter number 5. But notice what the Bible says I'll give you a minute to get there because I know Habakkuk probably just doesn't fall open in your Bibles there. Wonderful book, small, one of the minor prophets, three chapters. But Habakkuk chapter number 2, the clarity of the declaration, it is a declaration of woe. Habakkuk chapter number 2, verse number 15. The Bible says, Woe unto him that giveth his neighbor drink. Now, he's not talking about a, a Mountain Dew or a Coca-Cola right there. By the way, in the South, you say Coke. That covers everything, right? What do you want? I want a Coke. What kind of Coke? Uh, Mountain Dew. Woe unto him that giveth his neighbor drink, that putteth 
excuse me, puttest thy bottle to him and makest him, notice this, he's not, it's not just woe for this man that said, hey, I want to give my neighbor drink. He clarifies in verse number 15, this man is a drunkard also. And he's not satisfied with just being a drunkard himself. He wants to pull his neighbor into that as well. And the Bible says, Woe unto him that giveth his neighbor drink, that puttest thy bottle to him, and makest him drunken also. He has a reason for it. That thou mayest look on their nakedness. Remember what we read in Isaiah chapter 5 verse number 11? What, what does the Bible say there that wine does and strong drink does? It inflames. It causes people to do things that they normally, with all of their faculties, would not do. And he says, Woe unto him that giveth his neighbor drink so that he can look on their nakedness. Let's look at one more passage. Go back to the left and let's look at Proverbs chapter number 23. The clarity of the declaration, it is a declaration of woe. Proverbs 23 And we'll just look at one verse right now. We're gonna, I would encourage you to keep your place right here in Proverbs 23 because we're going to reference this quite a bit tonight. But I just want to see one verse, and this is where we take our title tonight, really. Proverbs 23 and verse 29. The Bible says, Who hath woe? Who hath sorrow? Now, we, and, I, and I've done it already in our study, we, we use that word sorrow for woe, but woe is an even further, it's a... It's a deeper form of sorrow, if you will. He doesn't use woe and sorrow for the same word. They're different words here. He says, who hath woe? Who hath sorrow? Who hath contentions? Who hath babbling? Who hath wounds without cause? Who hath redness of eyes? That's a lot of questions, isn't it? Well, he answers the question. In verse number 30, he says, They that tarry long at the wine, they that go to seek mixed wine. Woe. The clarity of the declaration, it is a declaration of woe. Let me give you a second thing. I'm, and I've got several here and we'll go quickly. It is a declaration of woe, but secondly, it is a declaration of a wrong way. It is a declaration of of a wrong way. Go back, if you will, where we were just a moment ago. Maybe we should have read it while we were there. But go back to Isaiah chapter number 28, if you would. It is a declaration of a woe, or excuse me, of woe. But secondly, it is a declaration of the wrong way. Look at Isaiah 28 again. And notice verse number 7, verses 1 through 7 are dealing with this issue of drunkenness. They're dealing with the issue of pride. And in verse number 7 it says, But they also have erred through wine and through strong drink are, notice this, are out of the what? They're out of the way. They're not in the way that they're supposed to be. Re remember we, we spoke about Psalm 119, 105, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto our, to my path. Look, there is a way that I'm supposed to walk. There is a path that I'm supposed to walk. And the Bible says here in Isaiah 28, 7 that, that, that wine and strong drink, it gets us out of the way from where we're supposed to be walking. It, it, it causes us to detour off of that path on which we're supposed to stay. And by the way, look, look what he says here. Whew. 
the priest and the prophet have erred through strong drink. This isn't just the the normal everyday Joe. This is the priest and this is the prophet. They are swallowed up of wine. They are out of the way through strong drink. They err in vision. They stumble in judgment. The Bible says here that, that wine and strong drink, it causes them not to be able to make right judgment. And let me, a priest and a prophet ought to be able to make right judgment. Because the priest and the prophet have other people coming to them to help them make right judgments. They need to make sure they're right. It is a declaration of woe. It is a declaration of the wrong way. Let let, let me read you another, if I could. You don't have to turn there for sake of time. Let me give you number three. Number three, it is a declaration of wantonness. It is a declaration of wantonness. Hosea chapter 4, verse number 11, speaking of the wrong way. Let me read this verse for you, if I could. Hosea 4, 11, if you're taking notes, if you want to write this down. The Bible says there in Hosea 4, 11, Whoredom and wine and new wine take away the heart. It's the declaration of the wrong way. They take away the heart. They pull the heart. But not only is it a declaration of woe, it's a declaration of the wrong way, but thirdly, it is the declaration of wantonness. Romans chapter number 13. If you want to go there with me, I'll read it quickly. Romans 13, beginning in verse 11. Wantonness. Wantonness is unrestrained. Unrestrained. It is, as we mentioned a moment ago, it is reckless freedom from inhibition. And the Bible says in Romans 13 verse 11, And that, knowing the time, that now it is time, excuse me, high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and what? Drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, being unrestrained, having a reckless freedom from our inhibitions, that which tells us that's wrong. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't go this way. You shouldn't be here with this guy. You shouldn't be here with this girl. But the strong drink and the alcohol, the drunkenness has given us a freedom from our inhibitions where no longer do we say, I shouldn't be here. We don't don't have that conscience or that right anymore. We just do whatever our flesh tells us to do because the inhibitions are gone. Wantonness. It is a declaration of wantonness. Let me give you these last two. Number four, it is a declaration of no wisdom. It is a declaration of woe. It is a declaration of the wrong way. It is a declaration of wantonness. It is a declaration of no wisdom. You know the verse? Proverbs 20, verse 1. Wine is a mocker. Strong drink is raging. Whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. It's a declaration of no wisdom. When an individual is deceived, wine is a mocker, excuse me, mocker, strong drink is raging. Whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. It's the declaration of no wisdom. 
Now, I could stand here tonight and give you anecdotal evidence that alcohol is bad, but we just need to let, allow the Word of God speak to us tonight. The Word of God is better than my anecdotal illustrations. And I'll give you an anecdotal illustration. My whole family almost died because of a drunk driver when I was eight, seven, eight years old. So I could stand and scream and yell and say, alcohol is bad, alcohol is bad, it almost killed my family. But you know what? That, that illustration pales in comparison to what the Bible says. Because God's Word speaks through the annals of history. God's Word speaks through all of eternity. And God's Word is all authority. And God's Word says, wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging, and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. It is a declaration of no wisdom. Let me give you number five. Lastly, it is a declaration of no worship. Would you look at Isaiah 5 again with me? Isaiah chapter 5 and verse number 12. The Bible says, And the harp and the vial, the tabret and pipe and wine are in their feast. They feast. They have music. They have wine. They have alcohol. They have their feast. And while they're feasting, they have absolutely no regard for the work of the Lord. Neither consider the operation of His hands. Now that phrase right there could be a message in and of itself. They don't consider the operation of His hands. They don't consider who He is. They don't consider that He's the Creator. They don't consider that He is their Lord. They don't consider that He is the Savior, that He's the Redeemer, that He is the Righteous One. They don't consider anything about who He is. It is a declaration of no worship, of giving Him His rightful due. Number one, we see the clarity of the declaration. Secondly, tonight... We see the captivity of the drunkard. Number one, we see the clarity of the declaration. No ambiguity whatsoever. It's a declaration of woe. It's a declaration of the wrong way. It's a declaration of wantonness. It's a declaration of no wisdom. It's a declaration of no worship. The clarity of the declaration. But number two, the captivity of the drunkard. Isaiah 5 and verse number 13. Therefore my people are gone into captivity. We've already read verses 13, 14, and 15. They've gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. Remember in Hosea, Hosea 6, I think you probably, or excuse me, Hosea 4 verse 6, I think you probably know this verse. My people are destroyed for lack of what? Anybody know? Knowledge. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And in that same verse, it speaks about God's law and they've forgotten God's law and they have forsaken God's law. By the way, I just read verse 11 in that same passage just a moment ago. It said, whoredom and wine take away the heart. And he said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And he says here in verse number 13, because they have no knowledge. It's not because God hasn't given or, or hasn't made it available. They've rejected it. God has made it available to them. They were God's people who, who He gave His oracles and His law. But they rejected it. And their honorable men are famished and their multitude dried up with thirst. Therefore hell hath enlarged herself, verse 15, and the mean man shall be brought down, and the mighty man shall be humbled, and the eyes of the lofty shall be humbled. Take your Bibles and go back to Proverbs 20 once again. The captivity of the drunkard. The captivity of the drunkard. Let me, let me read this passage and I'll just give you these. The captivity of the drunkard. First of all, physical captivity. Number two, financial captivity. Number three, relational captivity. Number four, emotional captivity. 
And number five, spiritual captivity, which we just read in Isaiah chapter number five. Hell hath enlarged herself. Physical captivity, financial captivity. We're going to see all of these here in Proverbs chapter 23. Relational captivity and emotional captivity and spiritual captivity. Notice if you would, let's begin in verse number 19 of Proverbs 23. The Bible says, Hear thou my son and be wise. By the way, that, that's, that's a normal phrase in the book of Proverbs, is it not? Son, hear, listen to me. Hear thou my son and be wise and guide thine heart in the way. There's that way that we mentioned earlier. Be not among wine-bibbers, among riotous eaters of flesh. Now there in this passage, there's another sin that's mentioned as well. It's not the message tonight, but there's another sin that's mentioned. It's the riotous eaters of flesh. It's the word what? Gluttony. Man, how many Christians are guilty of that? He said, The riotous eaters of flesh for the drunkard and the glutton shall come to what? There's that financial captivity. Shall come to poverty. And drowsiness shall clothe a man with rags. It brings him to laziness, to drowsiness. And we know that excuse me, laziness and drowsiness is going to clothe a man with rags. He's going to be poor. Verse 22. Hearken unto thy father that begat thee and despise not thy mother when she is old. Buy the truth. Sell it not. Boy, that's a good verse, isn't it? Truth is always truth. Will forever be truth. We don't give it up for anything. Buy the truth and sell it not. Don't sell it for anything. Also wisdom and instruction and understanding. The father of the righteous shall greatly rejoice. And he that begetteth a wise child shall have joy of him. Thy father and thy mother shall be glad. And she that bear thee shall rejoice. It's still in the context of wine-bibbers and gluttons. My son, give me thine heart and let thine eyes observe my ways. Another great verse. We need to tell them. And we need to show them. Do you, you see that? My son, give me thine heart. Listen to me. That's good, right? We want our kids to listen, don't we? But it doesn't stop there. He says, and let thine eyes observe my ways. Son, listen to me. I want you to listen to me. I'm going to give you good doctrine. But also, I'm going to show you good doctrine. I'm going to example it for you. I'm going to prove it for you on a daily basis. I'm going to do my best to live it out for you. We've said it so many times. The quickest way to raise a rebel is to be a hypocrite. You give them truth or I give them truth but then I don't live it myself. That's one of the quickest ways to raise a rebel. Verse 27, For a whore is a deep ditch, and a strange woman is a narrow pit. There's that relational captivity. A whore is a deep ditch, and a strange woman is a narrow pit. She also lieth in wait as for a prey, and increaseth the transgressors among men. But pastor, that, that's, now he's still talking about wine-bibbers. And we'll see that in just a moment. For a whore is a deep ditch, and a strange woman is a narrow pit. Hey, son, the whore and the strange woman are going to wait for your inhibitions to be gone. And they're going to come after you. 
Who hath woe, who hath sorrow, who hath contentions, who hath babbling, who hath wounds without cause, who hath redness of eyes, they that tarry long at the wine, they that go to seek mixed wine. Look not thou upon the wine when it is red. By the way, look back at verse number 29. We have the, the physical captivity. Who hath, uh, who hath wounds? Who hath redness of eyes? We have the emotional captivity. Who hath contentions, strife, and discord? Verse 31, look now, excuse me, look not thou upon the wine when it is red, when it giveth its color in the cup, when it moveth itself aright. At the last it biteth like a serpent and stingeth like an adder. There's again, there's the physical and emotional captivity. Verse 33, here again, here's this relational captivity. Thine eyes shall behold who? Strange women, when? When your inhibitions are gone, when you're drunk, when you do not have control of your faculties. Thine eyes shall behold strange women, and thine heart shall utter perverse things. Yea, thou shalt be as he that lieth down in the midst of the sea, or as he that lieth upon the top of a mast. They have stricken me, shalt thou say, and I was not sick. They have beaten me, and I felt it not. When shall I wake? I will seek it yet again. Remember what we read in verse number 11 of Isaiah 5? The drunkard, he gets up early to start drinking. That's his business. That's his industry. He gets up early to start drinking and he drinks during the day. And the Bible says he continues until the wine inflames him. The Bible says there in Isaiah 5.11. And the Bible says here in Proverbs 23 verse 35, he said, I will seek it yet again. He has it all day. He, he feels the effects of it all day. Goes to sleep, he gets up, he wants it again tomorrow. Number one, the clarity of the declaration. Number two, the captivity of the drunkard. But I want you to see number three. The captivity of the drunkard, number three. By the way, whether it's drink, or whether it's gluttony, or whether it's any other sin, that's what sin does. It binds us. It captivates us. It captures us and it gets a hold of us. We go through it during the day and we feel the effects of it and maybe even at the end of the day we say, I'm never going to do that again, but we get up the next morning and we go right back to it. And by the way, that can be many sins, not just drunkenness. The clarity of the declaration, the captivity of the drunkard, number three, the character of the divine. Look back at Isaiah chapter number 5, verse number 16. The character of the divine. You see, we read verses 13, 14, and 15. We, we read the captivity of the drunkard. We read the clarity of the declaration, the, the declaration of what's going to happen to the drunkard. The captivity in verses 13, 14, and 15. But in verse number 16, the Bible says that God is just in what happens in verses 13, 14, and 15. But the Lord of hosts, God, that, that's too tough. You, you're going to let your people go into captivity? Therefore, my people are gone into captivity? Oh, but verse 16, but the Lord of hosts shall be exalted in judgment. And God 
that is holy. See, here, here's one of the issues. And I'm not, I'm not, I promise you, I'm not going to get sidetracked tonight. But this is one of the issues that we deal with in the church today when we, when we have stopped preaching holiness. We don't look at God as a holy God anymore. We just see His love. And by the way, we should see His love. But we don't see Him as holy anymore. And so when you speak about the judgment of God and you speak about the wrath of God, it's like, whoa, wait a minute. That's a hateful message. No. No, no. That's the character of our God. Is He love? Yes. Is He mercy? Yes. Is He grace? A million times over. But it doesn't diminish. By the way, His holiness and His righteousness and His justice just magnify His love. That a just God and a righteous God would love sinful man so much that He would send His, done, send his Son. That magnifies His love and grace and mercy. And the Bible says here, And God that is holy shall be sanctified, set apart, consecrated in righteousness. Number three, the character of the divine. First of all, God is righteous in His rulings. He's always righteous in His rulings, in His justice. He is righteous in His rulings. And so in verse number 11, when it says, Woe, in Habakkuk 2.15, when it says, Woe, in Proverbs 23, verse 29, when it says, Who hath woe? God is righteous in His rulings. God is glorified in His government. You see what the Bible says there in verse 16? But the Lord of hosts shall be what? What's the word there? You're there. Exalted in His judgment. God is righteous in His rulings. God is glorified in His government. God is exalted in His execution. In His execution of judgment. And God is honored in His holiness. The character of the divine. Let me ask you tonight, did, did God love Israel? Absolutely. Deuteronomy 7, He says, I set my love upon you not because you were great, not because you were something lovely. He said, I set my love upon you. And I've loved you with an everlasting love. But He's not going to overlook sin forever. His long suffering with Israel, with Judah, there came a moment when the long suffering ended and turned into His justice and His judgment, His righteousness. By the way, that didn't mean that those weren't in play the whole time, but His long suffering gave way to righteousness and judgment and justice. Because they wouldn't repent. Because they wouldn't listen. Time and time and time again. He says, I, I sent you prophets. I sent you men. I sent you preachers. Time and time again. And you rejected. And how often are we doing that in our world today? By the way, how, how often are we doing that in our churches today when it comes to the matter of drunkenness? 
Yes, we could give anecdotal evidence of, of how bad alcohol is and the, the health problems and, and the devastation it brings to families when, when men drink themselves to death and they spend all their money on drink and they don't take care of their families and, and when they go out and they drink and they drive and they kill another family. We could talk about all of that, but as I said earlier, that pales in comparison to the truth of God's Word. The clarity of the declaration. The captivity of the drunkard. The character of the divine. Who hath woe? Who hath woe? The Bible tells us. They that tarry long at the wine. They that go to seek mixed wine. Who hath woe? Who hath sorrow? Who hath contentions? Who hath babbling? Who hath wounds without cause. Huh, how did I get that, Bruce? How did I get that? Wounds without cause. Who hath redness of eyes. They that tarry long at the wine. In Isaiah 5, the first seven verses, God prepared, He planted, He protected, and then he perceived. He looked for grapes. But what did he see? Sour grapes. And he said, okay. And then he begins with six woes. The very first one begins with the root of all evil. The love of money. Greed. Joining house to house and land to land. But then he goes into the second one and it's drunkenness. I, I wouldn't think, standing here tonight, that anybody in this auditorium would have any issue with this tonight. But if you do, why, don't, why wouldn't you tonight beg the Lord to help you with it? Why wouldn't you tonight, maybe tonight before you leave, or maybe sometime this week, why wouldn't you call your pastor and say, hey, can we talk? I need help with this. It's causing problems in my family. It's causing problems with my finances. It's causing problems in my, in my work. Pastor, can you help me with this? Because it's not, it's not something to laugh at and something. You know, I, I, I get a little convicted sometimes, right and rightly so. I, I enjoy, I enjoy the Andy Griffith, Griffith, excuse me, Griffith show. But we shouldn't laugh at Otis. I mean, if we were honest with ourselves, oh, it's just Andy Griffith, you know. One of those good old wholesome shows. Yeah, but we shouldn't laugh at Otis. Otis was the town drunk. Otis, Otis's wife was ashamed of him. Never had a job. And it was all because he was a drunk. It's not something to laugh at. The Bible says fools make a mock at sin, no matter what the sin is. We ought not laugh at it tonight. May God help us with this issue. May God use us to maybe help someone, maybe someone in our family, someone at work, um, whoever it might be, maybe even someone in our church. I don't know. I don't think so. I sure hope not. But if you have an issue with this, deal with it. Ask God to help you. Ask your pastor to help you. Ask 
your wife to help you or your husband, whoever, whatever the case would be there, because it's serious. God says, who hath woe? It's the individual that tarries long at the wine. It's the drunk. God, help us not to be that tonight. Amen? Amen. Father, thank you for your word tonight. Thank you, Lord. We didn't even mention it, but Lord, allow me to mention it in my prayer. We were speaking about this so that you'll help us to be salt and light. Lord, help us to be the salt and light we ought to be in our homes, in our extended family, in our church family, in our communities. Father, we ought to speak out against a product that is so devastating and destructive in families and in communities, destroys health. And so, Lord, help us to be the salt and light that we ought to be. Father, we love you tonight. We're thankful that you've given us your truth and your word to help us to know that which is right, that which is wrong, that which we should stay away from, that which we should protect and guard ourselves from, that which we should protect and guard our families from. Lord, thank you for giving us that. Lord, help us as we pray. I pray that you'll incline your ear toward us. I pray that you'll give us safety as we go to our homes tonight. Bring us back together Saturday if folks can come. Uh, for soul winning or Sunday, Lord, I pray that you'll just bring us back together at the next appointed time and we'll surely thank you and praise you for it. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.